Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. My name is Jeremy Carroll. I'm one of the publishing managers here on the Lifeway Kids team. Uh, If you're used to hearing Chuck Peters' voice, do not worry. He will be back very soon. Uh, He just asked me to uh, guest host for a couple of episodes uh, while he was able to focus on a few other things. So don't worry, he'll be back very, very soon. Uh, I am so excited for today, uh, for for our topic today. Uh, Our topic is parent ministry. Uh, and uh, to, to help me talk about this is a good friend of mine, a former colleague on church staff from years ago, Dr. Jim Dempsey. Welcome, Jim. Thanks, Jeremy. Good to see you again. So the the, the big question that we are really going to be trying to answer, it's really two parts, is first of all, should our kids' ministries include an intentional strategy for ministering directly to parents? And if it should, what does it look like? So we're going to be trying to answer those two questions. Uh, but before we get into the main part of our, our conversation, Jim, I'd love for uh, our listeners to hear just a little bit about you and, and uh, yourself and your family and, and, and your journey uh, along kids' ministry. Well, thanks. Um, I have a doctorate in early childhood education, and that uh, was a product really of, of caring about young kids as much as I can remember through my life since high school, uh, because I felt like if you're going to educate, you have to educate at the youngest ages. So early childhood education became a focus. Uh, as a as a grown man and a husband and uh, father of three daughters, uh, I fell into some bad habits as a parent myself, even though I was a uh, dedicated Christian. God brought me back to a very um, um, important stage of my life uh, late in my 20s with some discipline that you had to apply, frankly. Uh, But after that, I became uh, very uh, well involved with church and tried to be the best kind of husband and father I could be. Uh, I began to volunteer in children's ministry, of course, but I was also a Sunday school teacher because I love teaching God's word and learning about God's word. Uh, Eventually, I was able to come on staff at the church where you and I served uh, as children's minister, working with preschoolers first and then over the whole children's area. And uh, at the same time, or just about the same time, I, I began to study with a group called the National Center for Biblical Parenting and become a parent trainer and eventually a parenting coach with that organization. Um, and they really do a great job of helping parents interpret scripture and put it into practice. So that has become a, a very important focus of my ministry uh, down through the years since then. That's great. And I, I know you have played an, an important role in my family. Um, when you and I met, I think we had uh, just two little ones and now we have six and, and you were there for, uh, I think, at least the, uh, the uh, at least a couple, at least several of those, uh, <laughs> except for the very last one. Uh, and you were you were around. And so we were uh, man, we are so grateful for uh, your strategy and your kids ministry for uh, ministering to parents. My, my wife and I are products of that. Um, and you know what, Jim, I just want to say here on the front end for our listeners. Um, whether you are a parent uh, as a kids ministry leader or not, um, you're, you're going to face challenges in relating to parents. You're going to, um, uh, especially if you are a parent in, in ministry, there's going to be this, there, there could be this um, perception that you've got it all together and you have uh, great, uh, great family devotion times and all of these things. And, uh, and so just know 
I uh, want to just give you a little bit of encouragement. It's okay to be honest uh, with your with the, the families you serve. That sometimes family worship time, family devotion time is messy. Um, and as uh, uh, my pastor said recently, a messy family devotion time is better than no family devotion time. And so I think it's so important uh, that we. Uh, encourage families that it doesn't have to be perfect holding hands around a giant family uh, Bible uh, on a coffee, coffee table Bible. That's not necessarily what it has to be. Um, and, and and to be honest, that's probably not what our, our kids need. They need uh, deeper engagement by parents. So that's a word of encouragement to you. If you're a parent, it's okay if your family times are messy, but also a, an encouragement for you to encourage your families that don't, don't set that standard too high from them. So uh, now with that kind of framed out a little bit of a disclaimer, let's jump into our topic. Jim, let's, let's start kind of from the outside though. Um, why do our, why do we feel like our parents uh, need kids ministry leaders to be uh, very intentional and very strategic about um, how they interact with, with directly with parents? Well, first of all, we are sources for them. We, we should have a strong background in Bible study, Bible teaching. And sometimes our parents just don't. They have other strengths and we bring that to them. The other thing I would say, and probably the most important is that parents are so busy just getting kids fed, bathed, uh, clothed out the door uh, and to all the different things they do. They, they really don't have time to think strategically. I say they don't have time. They don't take the time because life presses in on them so much. And, and that should be part of our job description then is become uh, well-equipped parent equippers. <laughs> so yeah. we need to have some training in parent uh, issues from the Bible standpoint. We need to know what the Bible says to parents, and then we need to help them apply that, figure out how to apply it, and, and encourage them to do that. That's what they need most from us. Yeah, that's so good. I, I in, in, in some of the trainings I've led, uh, this, this um, parenting uh, um, realm that many that you mentioned, Mary, I, I would often, that you mentioned, I often call that survival mode. Um, <laughs> yes. Parents are so caught up in survival mode, they never have time to lift their eyes and look to the horizon. And um, and I think that's one of the, to just kind of re, recapitulate what you said, I think that's really what, what our parents need from us is they need uh, us to help them uh, look up from the horizon, up to the horizon, get out of survival mode, look up and um, parent with eternity in focus and not just the day to day. A day to day is important because uh, that's where the real uh, the real magic of parenting happens, um, both spiritually and physically and all those things. Uh, but we need to help them do that because sometimes they're just so entrenched. They don't really know that they need to look up. Yeah. Can I say that also, I think, and this kind of just makes an example of this is that parents are so often uh, caught up in getting their kids to obey. I know Christian parents, I was one of those that thought obedience was the gold standard. Well, you know, the Bible does say children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. It says that, but it also says, and it says it far earlier, honor your father and your mother. So I think we need to help parents not just uh, get caught on the whole wheel of obedience and getting kids to obey, that's important, but it has to be done with a heart of honor. And so uh, that would be one of the things I would like most for your listeners to come away with is to, to really encourage your parents every time you see them, help your kids develop a heart of honor rather than strictly obedience. Yeah, that, that really fits really into, uh, for those of our listeners who are familiar with our three nutrients of a, a healthy kids ministry, one of those is heart transformation. Uh, that really fits into under that 
particular nutrient of not only are we looking for heart transformation um, in the things that we program in our ministries, uh, but we need to lead our parents to be uh, leading homes that are focused on heart transformation uh, as well. That's, that's a good word. Um, sometimes this, uh, this survival mode, uh, just the, the, the general family relationships that, that parents experience, um, parents may feel like these are completely, they're in this unknown territory. They don't know how to react. They don't know how to act. They don't know how to speak. And they feel like they just can't engage their kids in any way. And, um, it, it also, it, it kind of becomes like a, like parenting in an unknown world or in an, on an unknown map. And, um, the, the, the frustration that, that happens here or what happens here with parents really is it often that, um, feeling will lead parents to be very frustrated and ultimately, uh, to become stagnant, um, where they're just kind of paralyzed, where they don't do anything. And so, um, I, I, one of the, the writers that I really enjoy reading uh, about his generational studies is Tim Elmore. And he has a book called Marching Off the Map. And in that book, he identifies eight shifts that will help us lead Generation Z well. And I also believe that, um, uh, that this will help, um, continue on into and carry on into Generation Alpha, as they're called. And, uh, I just want to identify two or three of these to kind of help set the stage of uh, how we lead in our homes, um, how parents are leading in their homes and how we lead in our kids ministries. These are somewhat all related, uh, but we need to, this. This will help us frame the, the generation of what they are looking for and what they're expecting from us. Um, and, and this will help inform us then what our strategy can be. And so uh, let me just mention a couple of these things that Elmore says. Elmore says, if we're going to lead the generation well, uh, the current generation of, of kids, he says, we need to think uh, in uh, interpret, not inform. So don't think about giving information so much as you're helping them get information uh, or and helping them uh, filter out the information that is honestly, in our context, non-scriptural. So um, here's where Elmore s- starts. He says, uh, this generation um, is is the first generation that simply doesn't re- rely on parents to get information. Um, they have it. They have a, a an, an information flood coming at them 24 seven. If they're connected to smart devices, like most of our kids are, they don't lack for information. They have the information. What they fail to have is context. And so, uh, Elmore says, think, interpret, how do they interpret how they filter that information properly? Not just inform. Jim, what do you think about that? Well, I think he's right. Uh, that information is, is all around us. And unfortunately, our kids have access to it before they're ready to interpret them that's themselves. True. And even if they were ready to interpret, we're, that's our job. God gave parents that job to bring wisdom, not just information. Uh, I was looking at Proverbs and what it says to parents and to all of us. And it never says to get information. It says get wisdom. Mm-hmm. That's the key for us. And so we need to help our kids develop a, a plan for putting information to work, that information is our servant. We're not uh, slaves of information. And I would just say this, we shouldn't be, it's true that this generation probably has has grown up with that, particularly the youth today, but I wouldn't uh, just cede the battlefield to them. I wouldn't just surrender that. I think we need to be on top of that information. We need to be the gatekeepers of it too. And just because our kids can get information, we need to help them build their own gates 
We need to be enforcers of that gate. Uh, and then, and we need to be involved with it too. So as they're getting information from the computers, whatever it is, we need to be engaging with that and, and help them understand, well, that information doesn't track with a biblical worldview. Or what would you say about that? I mean, obviously we can't just dump on them our opinions. We need to help them develop uh, good skills for analyzing that information. So yeah, we need to help them interpret information rather than just giving them more information. Yeah, and that's true. It's not, it's certainly not a, what, what my comment here, and I don't think Elmore is saying either, because um, I don't want to speak on behalf of him, but I, but I don't think he's saying uh, we need to just freely allow kids to get information sure. um, and give, you know, give, you know, two, three, four, five year olds uh, open access to internet. That That's not the, certainly not the encouragement uh, from, from me and from Lifeway. Again, I don't think Elmore is saying that. I think he's just saying the reality is that for, for most kids and, and most of his writing is for, is specifically for teenagers is saying like, they just have it. It's just there. It's part sure. of their culture. It's part of who they are. It's part of their access. And because they have it, um, we need to be careful about how we're uh, engaging them to help them interpret it. Uh, but certainly we want to be wise, uh, very wise stewards of that information uh, flood that's coming at kids, especially with kids um, as we're, as we're, as you mentioned, managing uh, being the gatekeeper there. Another thing Elmore says is uh, don't focus so much on the what, but think the why. And I, I, I love this concept because uh, the why often uh, connects to our hearts more than it connects uh, just to our heads. Uh, kids have, have become accustomed to an adult checklist. They've uh, just parents giving information and maybe a lecture style of some kind. Um, but when we can bring kids along and help them see the why, really, they're going to be more engaged uh, with the what if they can can really start to grasp and understand the why. What do you think about that, Jim? Well, I think that goes back to wisdom. Wisdom is more about applying and applying information has to start with why is this information important or, or is it important? Why do we need that information? Or why might that information be actually destructive or dangerous? Uh, and so, again, it's making decisions about information. And uh, so, yeah, I agree. The why is always more important than the what. Um, I just think that ties to the whole idea that uh, that wisdom is rooted in the heart and not so much in the mind. So we need to help our kids develop a heart that uh, resists um, the arrogance of information. I, let me say what I mean by that. I think we all can get proud of what we know uh, and that feeds our egos, uh, knowing more information, but uh, we need to know what God says about it. And that, that would always include the, the why of something, the reason behind it, or just digging deeper, just not accepting every piece of information on face value. Uh, we need to frame it within a worldview of what, what does God think about that or what does God say about that? Another thing Elmore will mention is he says, uh, don't, don't think we have to do everything for them, but rather think of ourselves as helping them come alongside them, help them. Uh, this is certainly a biblical, um, uh, model for us. Uh, Jim, what do you think uh, on that one? Training is not education. And, and I go back to that verse that everybody 
probably knows, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. It doesn't say teach a child. It says train and train is getting them to actually put things into, into action. So uh, if we stop and sometimes we do as parents, we're so glad our kids seem to know the right thing that we forget to hold them accountable for applying the information they know. Um, so, yeah, we can't stop at just downloading information. We have to see where that leads. I would say that's true, especially in the area of salvation. If we just think our kids know the verse, you know, that that they will agree that Jesus died on a cross and he died for our sins, that's great. We want that. But we also want them to put that into action. What does that mean for life? How does that affect the way we live? And, of course, as parents, we can only really validate that by showing them that salvation has meant something different to us too. We have to live out our salvation so that kids see that it's part of life and not just, uh, you know, something you answer correctly at, on a Sunday school quiz. Before we shift into the practical, let's think about, um, can, can, can you help us understand what are some of the, the parent the battles that parents are facing with their kids that uh, if we're not parents as kids ministry leaders, we don't realize uh, if we are parents, we probably do realize, but uh, let's just kind of uh, work through what are, what is some of these, these battles that, that parents are facing? Well, we can all see this one entitlement. We have an entitled generation. And again, I think we have to point at ourselves when we let our kids have what they want. Um, and, and we want our kids to be happy and we want to give our kids stuff, but we really have to be wise about uh, making our world revolve around our kids where everything they want is what they get. Uh, I had a, a friend that I did a parent seminar once with, uh, and he asked the question, do you ever say no to your kids? Sometimes we just need to say no. They need to learn to grieve over things they don't get. Uh, and, and that seems awfully simple. And I know most parents say no sometimes, but we need to be really careful with not allowing our kids to grow up with an entitlement uh mentality. Uh, obviously, social media is is a threat right now. It's a main influencer, and we need to, again, be gatekeepers, be wise, help them to understand how to moderate social media for themselves, and to see its destructive capability. We need to point that out to our kids. And one other area that's really important to me uh, lately, because I've had several uh, kids that I've done parent coaching with who have basically gotten to that age where they can make decisions for themselves and decided they don't believe the Bible anymore. They don't believe uh, that God is real. And a lot of that is coming from our education, our culture. They have a pervasive uh, narrative that science is everything. And if it's not science, you can't believe it. Well, of course, science doesn't prove that God exists. Or, well, I think it can if we're wise and if we study it, but we need to be very careful of letting the culture uh, bury that so deep in our kids' hearts that they come to the point where they think God is not relevant anymore. If he's not provable by science, I don't believe him. Uh, we really need to deal with that. We need to face that head on. It's a, it's a real threat, I think. Previous generations, we may have experienced these things um, maybe in a different capacity, uh, maybe at a different speed at, at which it was coming at us. Um, uh, but certainly the, the, um, the widespread use of, um, 
of just, again, that 24-7 information flood that comes at us um, allows anybody with any thought, any idea to be broadcast and to be consumed. And uh, because of that, there's the the more importance for the need of a, a good, strong, uh, earlier you mentioned biblical worldview, a good, strong filter that we have on uh, on our hearts, on our minds uh, as, as leaders, as parents. And certainly we're helping uh, walk alongside parents and helping uh, them to equip their kids to have the to, to develop and build this filter uh, of God's word uh, that everything must go through as the standard for truth. All right. So I think based on all of what we said so far, I think it's fair to say the answer to the question of should we have an intentional ministry of parents is yes. The parents need it. Uh, they're overwhelmed. They're, they're frustrated. Uh, they may be becoming stagnant in their interaction with kids. They just not know what to do uh, because of all of these pressures. So it's fair. I think it's fair to say, yes, we should have a kids ministry. Um, part of our kids ministry strategy should be parents. So let's turn uh, for our last uh, few minutes here and talk about um, uh, what does that look like? What is what are, what are those vital parts of a parent ministry strategy? You have to get to know parents and you have to let parents get to know you. And that means spending some time with them before COVID, before everything went virtual in our churches. You know, we were recruiting parents to serve in our children's areas. And that was definitely a strategy of mine is to spend time with those parents so they could see how I worked with their kids. Uh, And maybe some things would rub off on them, or at least I hope they did. And of course, I got to know the parents at, at the same time. So I think that has to be a a foundation is time spent with parents one way or another. So they get to know you, you get to know them. Um, I think you need to, as a, as a children's minister, you need to train yourself to be a source of biblical wisdom and not just wisdom about salvation. That's very key, very important. But we need to be sources of wisdom for parenting issues. How do you get a child to do something? How do you get them to do it and also maintain a heart of honor? As I said, that's a foundational truth that we uh, need to help our parents come up with or, or get them. And then once we become experts in those sorts of things, we need to set up and deliver trainings. Uh, we need to get that information to them. And of course, we can point parents to other good resources, digital resources by great uh, you know, parenting ministries. But I really do think there's a place for that you know, being right there with them as a, as a trainer. So live events, uh, events, you know, using your own church's uh, discipleship times, whether that's Wednesday night or Sunday night, or even Sunday morning. Sometimes I've had, uh, I've seen churches where uh, the children's pastors would get together and do some direct training of whole Sunday school classes that had kids, mm-hmm. you know, and really talk about parenting issues there because that's where you're going to get them. And we know increasingly we only have them maybe for a, a couple of hours a week at most. So we have to make critical strategic use of those times that we do have them. But I'd say you, you got to do some of everything digital as well as face to face. So one of the things we need to do um, that it for our for kids ministry leaders is we need to move beyond um, a 
an email a week will do the trick. Um, Absolutely. Uh, we, we, so a lot of us get caught in that. Well, I'm sending out a weekly email or I'm sending out a weekly mass text or I'm, I'm posting things in our social media groups. We need to, those things are good and fine and, and they can be uh, an important part of your kids ministry. No, no reason why they cannot. Uh, but if we're going to really have an effective kids uh, effective parent strategy, we have to move beyond just one way communication and set up great, great opportunities uh, for relationship building and bi-directional communication where we're listening, we're hearing what they have to say, we're training them, we're giving them information, um, we're helping them learn how to implement that th- that information in their homes. Um, uh, those are some uh, great effective tools that we can use that will help equip parents. Now, one of the ways that is being done by a lot of churches, but but maybe your church hasn't really uh, uh, used this strategy yet as a parent ministry, and that is uh, what we call uh, family checkpoints. And uh, you'll see more about that in the future, but you can go to kidsministry101.com, uh, the blog, and uh, type ch- checkpoints in the um, uh, search bar, and you'll be able to find more about that. Uh, but basically, this is a, a family checkpoint. A checkpoint is a is a is a, a, a marker in your kid's life, and so maybe it's a, an adoption, a birth, maybe it's a family dedication, uh, when child comes to faith, discipleship, uh, learning to read. All of these different kinds of things, there are checkpoints that that most of, if not all of our families are going to pass through at some point. And as they pass through them, these are great opportunities to stop, to pause, to celebrate and to rejoice and to train parents in this kind of ministry. So I encourage you to take a look at that. Family Checkpoints from uh, KidsMinistry101.com will be a great place uh, for you to look for this additional part of a parent ministry. Uh, in addition, Life with Kids has also produced uh, a new part of our ongoing curriculum lines, uh, Gospel Project, Explore the Bible, and Bible Studies for Life. We have a brand new resource I just released several months ago called At Home Resources. If you purchase those resources and use those in your primary teaching hour and you haven't heard about those, please reach out to us. We would love to walk you through how uh, you can take these resources and put them directly into the hands of parents. Having a ministry to parents uh, includes all of these things we've talked about. Using these types of resources is going to give us us a an ability to give them actual things they can do in their home, uh, whether it's uh, we mentioned earlier, family devotion or family worship time, uh, a family Bible study, whatever you call it. Uh, these are are uh, their scripture memory, their uh, Bible story videos, Bible story scripts, uh, devotion for parents, songs they can sing that they may be singing in your church as well and uh, in your ministry. And so Lifeway Kids uh, has this at home resource that we are designing for you as kids ministry leaders to put in the ha- hands of the parents that you serve. Jim, thanks for being with me today. Hey, it's my pleasure always. And listeners, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time on our Kids Ministry 101 podcast.